And I just kicked my beer like a fucking moron. We just started recording and talking on the regular podcast last week. Maybe we do that here. I don't know. Yeah, right. It's uh, you, man. It's your podcast. It's your vision. It is. I don't have a vision. That's kind of the thing. I did. Yeah, this is sort of like the old lightning show that I did. Upper Deck Chats. Upper Deck. Yeah. Upper Deck Dalliances. Pod pod at the Park is what we're doing. I like like that. Lord's Pod at the Park. So... Uh, this is what we are doing this week instead of a regular edition of Willits Pog. I'm Jesse Spectre. I'm here with Thornton McHenry at City Field. We're, uh, we're in the fifth inning of Mets Nats on, what day of the week is this? So Tuesday. Tuesday. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, last May 31st. Uh, so you'll hear this later in the week. The Nats will be out of town and we'll be all done. We're, uh... Proactively celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Santana no-hitter. Indeed, the they, night before. They, uh, you know, had a ceremony tonight. Johan's in the booth with SNY, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. So his family's here, so. Uh, Thornton and I have known each other for our whole lives. Uh, and now we've gotten to work together at Deal Breaker. And now at Willits Pen, uh, he was my editor, now I'm his. And that's weird and awesome when you've known somebody, you know, for that long, so, uh, I went into sports writing as a career, what, what have you been on? Mets fans probably do know who you are. Some Mets fans probably know who I am, some Mets fans probably did hate who I am. Uh, yeah, no, I was, uh, a financial, was a financial reporter, ended up covering the Mets sale at the Post in 2019 and 2020, uh, which was fun, intense, and a trip, but yeah, it gave me a real insight sort of into the culture that I never, as a, li- a lifelong Mets fan, a deeper appreciation for the Mets uh, and the Mets fans like myself. I got to go on the fan also uh, like a handful of times, which was like fantasy camp for a guy who covers hedge funds. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm a little jealous of like getting to have that feeling more as an adult because it stopped being a cool thing for me to like, just being a sports writer for all those years was like, I did not want to go on the fan. <laughs> it came yeah, no, I think what was cool for me is that, uh, yeah, I, I don't listen to, I haven't listened, I really hadn't listened to the fan in years, you know, like it was like you would listen to it in your childhood bedroom going to bed at night or maybe in the morning. But I got to, uh, the reason it was cool is because I got to talk to Beningo, <laughs> who was like, you know. was He, he was still on overnights then? He was overnights when we were, when they, we were kids. Yeah. So this was, he was drive time. Okay, he was still overnights when I was first working at the yeah, Daily yeah. News. Yeah, so this he was the guy, the guy that we would listen to, to on the way home. Yeah. And talking to, like, women on oxygen tanks. <laughs> in, like, Doris from Rigo Park. Doris from Rigo Park. <laughs> uh, you know, and now he's asking me about Steve Cohen, you know. How rich is this guy? You know, like, pretty rich. Pretty rich, Joe. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. But uh, hilarious. And also, Francesca, Francesca, I have a clip of him. Butchering my name and saying I don't know this guy. I don't know. What he, I don't know. I don't know him. Like kind of like I don't know if he's right. So being shit on by Mike Francesa was also. I don't know what he thought McHenry. Yeah, it was great. Right, we are between innings here, and that is a good time for us to actually, because uh, this is the first time we're doing this. I got a couple of microphones for recording directly into my phone. Uh, now it's a good time probably to, to stop this and just check for a moment if the recording is working. They're under blue apron. We don't have those. I'm joking. I don't think any, that's what I think every podcast like. Yeah. I have a blue apron. Well, these will eventually be the, these will be if this goes well, which I don't you know, five good minutes so far. Uh, 
Sounds like this is working, so we'll continue to give it a go. We're watching Jeff McNeil hit. Um, you already know what's happened in this game. The flying squirrel. Yeah. I was just about done with Jeff McNeil. I don't uh, give up. I, yeah, I'm season. like... I was ready to see him traded somewhere else, and I thought with the guys that they brought in that he was going to be traded, but here he is, and he's having a great year. I don't know. That year, I don't know. He's one of those guys a couple years ago. I just I fell in love with him a little bit, and I was hoping they'd give him one more shot. I think I'm glad. so far it's working. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I like when the Mets don't give up entirely on guys, especially a guy like this, who like strikes me as like a Daniel Murphy. He type. is very Daniel Murphy-ish. Better politics. <laughs> Do we know that? Potentially. We, uh, we know that he struggles with wildlife um, identification. <laughs> raccoons. Yeah, who doesn't? It's Queens. Yeah, our raccoons look like rats and vice versa. There was an opossum outside my house. Oh, wow. I will not forget. Um, and yeah, they are when they make their hissy face. Uh, that is, yeah, that's why you know. That's wildlife. Those. I don't fuck with wildlife. I'm a New Yorker. If I found something running around City Field, I would not. Yeah, no. that's not what you mess with. It's probably Jeff Wilpon at this point. Yeah, be careful. But here's the thing they're doing again. We, we're sitting we're sitting in the upper deck. Uh, we, we watched earlier in this game. Luis Guillorme. People, yeah, that's the upper deck. So you get a lot of you sucks screaming, which is great. Who is he saying sucks? Someone sucks. But it's, he's very, very certain of it. I also like the amount of scorecards you get in the upper deck. is also, I think, uh, statistically relevant. And the ratio of scorecards to people just fully passed out. Yeah. Is the really where the upper deck? We did walk by uh, the complete set yeah, on our great. way between awesome. sections to find the spot where it, was it wasn't awesome. so windy. Windier in the uh, in the left field side, yeah, on the upper deck than, uh, than here on the right. But field. in a hot Hopefully night, it's a great place to doze. If it you, is. If your air conditioners aren't in, you don't have them. Yet. And if it, yeah, the back row of the upper deck has the, yeah, the chain link kind of fence. Yeah. You had nice wind gusts. It was a beautiful sunset tonight. Um, but Jeff McNeil. I was saying something about. I thought he was gone. Oh, no, no, no. This whole left side of the infield. We're oh, looking you at a whole call. Yeah, wide open hole. left side yeah. of the infield. Guillaume was up. Base is loaded. Yeah. And there goes Jeff McNeil again. And yeah. there's, yeah, yeah that's there an infield hit because teams are eventually going to stop shifting against the Mets because yeah. the Mets are burning them, and then the Mets will be able to just hit regular ground walls past everybody. It's a fascinating thing this team is doing with his bad control. And I know that the stats say that that's not a real thing, but you just watch that. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like John Sterling because he talks about this shit all the time. And I love listening to him and Susan because they are they are a different perspective. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Different multiverse? Yeah, they are. <laughs> They are. Like I, once I once I accept that I was no longer listening to them for the baseball game. Wow. When I listened to the Yankees, almost. Oh, that was that was closer just, than I thought. Just fell. Uh, so we should we should probably not focus so much on the game because we know that for the listener, this game has happened. So we were talking about... Well, we're saying generally the Nationals. I'm saying... Well, the I, Nationals. Well, you've picked out a lot of things about Martinez yes. is managing because you're a much better student of the game. But it does seem to me like he's kind of coming from like the Art Howe dojo of like, I'm doing things because these are the way they've always been done. 
uh, it seems like he's doing a lot of rote managing. Like, man, like, you know, like, this just seems like a lot of strange decisions. He's got to have a hard time giving a shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he, he managed this team to the World Series, and right now, like, he's going to get fired. Before yeah. before the rebuild is complete, he will get fired, because that's just a step along the way. Yeah, but it's always fun, like, I think, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just, I like, if, like, I think it's like a manager just was like, screw it. I'm going to try some crazy things. I'm getting, and who knows, like, maybe he'll uh, Joe Madden it, and the next team he gets, they'll be like, we love your wild styles. Here's a contender. There's no reason he shouldn't get to manage. Yeah. Like, look at Buck. Yeah. Buck was this button-down, like, the Yankees Yankee. Yeah. I think it's just the Mets. I think, yeah, I mean, I think Buck is a guy right now who seems to be like a two or three. If, you know, things go really well, it'll be three years. He'll be here. He'll steady the ship. And then, you know, the Mets managed situation. Let's you, go you, one. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah <laughs> Let's you, focus on one. Yeah, things go great. But, like, he's not going to be here for a while. No, um, he's he's here for a good time, not for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Buck Showalter. <laughs> yeah, Silver I mean, Fox. they got to find their guy. They've had a really hard time doing that. Really hard. I'll admit to being someone who was like, I really like the cut of this Mickey Calloway's gym. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was too. I, I honestly, like, especially after covering the 2016 playoffs and, and World Series where he was the pitching coach with Cleveland, and it's pretty rare for pitching coaches to do media availabilities yeah. just in general, but he was, like, holding court and, like, really, you could tell that, like, he was a guy that, that knew pitching inside and out. Um, he also apparently knew other things. Inside and out. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, uh, that was wild. Um, I think, well, like, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the manager thing was also, like, a symptom of sort of weird dysfunction. And I think that had gone with the Molofons and sort of been trying to, like, sort of cleanse from the air here. But, like, I think fairly last year, they didn't let Luis be the sacrificial lamb for that. Like, it wasn't his yeah. Good guy. I like them. This wasn't right. It wasn't yeah. right. He but, should. Yeah. The, what sucks is that he's probably not going to get a shot somewhere else with yeah. any kind of speed. But, like, he was in over his head, and there was stuff that he could learn from from that first job. Yeah. It's not like he doesn't deserve a second job, but you'll get, like, yeah. But you needed a guy to come in. Some retread instead yeah, somewhere around the league. He needs a guy who can, you know. Yeah. I mean, half of these Mets were born after he was the Yankees manager, right? I mean, more than half. Three quarters of these guys before? His last season as Yankee manager was 95. Yeah. So maybe not. Maybe 17. But they were babies. Oh, because that's 27 years ago. Yeah, 27 ago. years ago. So these guys were all born after. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a terrible man. The, the guys who are, like, in, like, yeah, Pete Alonso. You know, how old is Lindor now? All these guys. Yorman's like 27. Yeah. So none of these guys remember him as like Buck Showalter. Yeah, certainly nobody remembers him yeah. as Yankees manager. I think they would probably remember him as Orioles manager. Maybe, like, yeah. They've known him as Orioles manager. Yeah. Like, Lindor played against him as Orioles manager. Well, you think where he made his bones, you know? Um, it's interesting. But that's a guy. He's like, There's you know, an interesting thing. Yeah. Buck Showalter, let's say he gets the ring here. Probably a World Series. He's probably a Hall of Fame manager just for the career win total and oh, getting yeah. a ring and 
doing it in different cities. I feel if like... If he gets the ring here, does he go in as Mets manager? For a guy like maybe. That's an interesting question. For a guy like Montoya, though, like, for managers all the time, I'm of the opinion that if you can get, like, 30 years managing Major League Baseball, yeah. you've got to be on the back. That's an incredible... It's an incredible achievement to keep a, a series of even a series of jobs yeah. for thirty years is incredible. Because uh, that also means that you're doing it in different eras. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's wild to think who like, he was probably up against. Buck Showalter was managing. You know, the home run record was still sixty-one. Yeah. And managed at that time and managed. During COVID, let's uh, what, what was his first year as Yankee manager? Ninety-three. Did they win in ninety-three? No, no, no. Ninety-four. No, ninety-four was the strike. They won in ninety-six after right, he right. after he was gone. That's his thing. That's right. That's right. Because that happened to him in Arizona too. That's right. He left. That was some bullshit too for him. Like I I know that like he had a tendency like at that time especially younger in his career to um, he took over the Yankees oh 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 he's got Guillaume man Guillaume just hits balls all over the break it alright so he was four years Yankee manager shit he was then 42 when he went to the Diamondbacks so but it he was on his second managerial career. I'm, uh, I'm on my second podcast. No, I'm on my third podcast. There you go. Uh, we'll, we'll bring back some kind of uh, Project Shackbox here. This is kind of the Jesse Spector is, if you remember that show. If you followed me. If you haven't, that's cool. Um, but that was, you know, the inspiration for what we're doing here, hanging out in the, in the ballpark, is a hockey show that I used to do where... Um, I basically get a hockey writer on the phone. Uh, watch hockey here? And no, I wasn't watching. I was just shoot shoot the shit for There's half an hockey. hour on some night, just talking about hockey. It was an around the league show that we did for the Lightning, and uh, yeah, we're shooting the shit in this in yeah, the stands at City Field. I know like next to nothing about hockey, but I do find listening to people talk about hockey. That maybe it's that thing of like not knowing <laughs> what's going on, just being like intrigued by like a patois you're not familiar with. I think... But I do find hockey phrasing to be awesome, too. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, I like... I like... I could listen to people talk about hockey for a while, considering it's a sport. I do not follow at all. Like, I'm aware the Rangers right now are in the Eastern Conference Finals. They are. I could not name three guys on the team, but I know... Uh, or, uh, yeah, so, but I... That's and my, that's, uh, that's something that... That's just kind of how it is here. Yeah. Like... We went to school. We were a class of 75. Uh-huh. How, like, five of us were hockey fans. Yeah. Out of that group. Like, everybody had some kind of baseball. Like, even if you were, like, a baseball fan, like, everybody goes. Oh! Oh, boy! That hit, that hit Patrick Corbin. Corbin. And everybody's safe. Corbin is somehow still in this game. Yeah, he's thrown 106 pitches. Yeah, and he's got hit by a ball. I feel he's like... He's up 12 hits. I'd get him. They do have somebody up in their bullpen, and I think, yeah, that's going to yeah. be it. So we'll, we'll have a pitching change here, yeah. but 
again, you already know what happened. I feel like you're, it's like me with one of my kids at a birthday party. Like, he's done. Yes. The guy that said, like, he's, someone's got to get him out. Go, you can go get him now. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah, there's a Panarin jersey uh, at the front of the section here. All right. So that's a, that that's a clue. Uh, yeah, God bless the ring. Like, I, I hope they win. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I have no idea what's happening. It's, it's going to be funny in New York in the next week, but especially if they manage to beat the Lightning and, and make it to the finals. Like, they made it to the finals in, what, 2015? They were on fire a couple and of years ago. I remember, yeah. I remember here, actually, in the Delta Club. Yes. Not the, which one's behind home plate, the, the fancy one. I don't know. I can't get There's a fancy answer. one behind the home plate, and they have a bar, and... Um, all these people have paid a ton of money or their, or their corporate bosses had. They had great seats, and they were all in the bar watching the Rangers. And yeah, it was the playoffs, yeah. So that's... Yeah. Um, it is loud. That is something I did not anticipate about this was the like the pitching change music of, like, we need to pump everything up. I can barely think. You may want to cut this. Yeah, this may be where you cut. We don't really believe in cuts so much, but yeah. we're still talking. Cut around it. You get that big sound. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, man. The way that all of a sudden, like, New York City remembers. Oh, yeah, we have hockey. When, when the team is in the conference finals or the cup finals. Oh, you got to go pretty far. It's like, yeah. I think for the Devils, you had to win the whole thing. Even then. Yeah. Like, I was... That I was, was very aware. Okay, here's 12 the night that the devil. I was here's 12 Long Island, which is Long Island, but still, like the Devils won the cup when I was working there. There it's like, yeah, it's like the third thing in our sports section. No, I mean, yeah, like you'd watch like the local news, and it would be like uh, middle of summer, like and get this, Yankee, New Jersey Devils. Yeah, Yankees lost, Mets lost, like something tennis. <laughs> They'd be like, and over in Jersey, hockey. You're like, what, like? World champions are like that. Might you guys might have won the league with that? That seems like a big one. Yeah. And Bruce Beck was always. Uh... Is Bruce Beck still around? Oh yeah. Uh, all right. Bruce Beck shows up. I. I... Bruce Beck is uh, inescapable at the bigger. Like you know, it's a big event in New York sports when Bruce Beck shows up. Yeah. Because like everybody. Everybody knows who he is, what he looks like. He's been on Channel 4 for a million years. Yeah, man. Channel 4's had a, a real run, like, just over the years. Marv Albert, Len Berman. Yeah. Bruce Beck. Nick. Le, yeah, Len Berman was the best. I love Len Berman. Spanning the world. Spanning the world. Now Len is on... Uh, WOR, Radio Home of the Mets. I heard doing, it great. Doing that very strange morning show that I have caught a few times like when I've been driving and had the Mets game on the radio the night before. It's like, oh, this is this is odd. Yeah. I don't get talk radio, and yet we're doing a podcast right now, so. I listen to podcast. I'm a stereotype. Um, oh, wow. Look at that. Kanaz average against Washington is 577. Holy oh, jeez. Wow. Is that just this year? Against minimum 20 that is, Yeah, so that's 
got to be this year. I cannot. Machado against Cincinnati okay. is leading. So Bogarts against, does that Toronto. say Tampa Bay? Toronto. Toronto. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right. Well, Mark Hanna continues to own the national. Boy, the national. Damn. I also like that they now play, like, the old people music at the stadium, that it's ours. That may clear my throat. Yeah, that's, uh... Earlier they had the boom, boom, boom. I played that on the radio yeah. in 97. So I know it's only... It's, no, it's, it's tomorrow's June. Yes. But... And then I don't want to be a Mets fan here, but... This team, to me, I've been out here twice. I'm opening day, and I watch a lot of these guys on TV. This team has an inevitability to it that I haven't seen since, like, 06. I will say, there's, like, a vibe these guys have. And they, they bring good teams in between, but that team, yeah. that team, like, you'd be a Che, they'd be down, right would hit a double, like, in the seventh or eighth. Or somebody would come up with a big head. Delgado, somebody would... They were always in it. Yeah, I mean... And this team has that. And then when they weren't in it some nights, they would just toy with people. These guys have that. And, you know, and they might add pieces, which is really exciting, which that team couldn't do. This team can do that. This team can add big, possibly, at the deadline. Because they're not locked into a Ponzi scheme? Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Or not, long, not locked into the wrong side of a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> the right side of a Ponzi scheme. A couple yes, of that's years, all good. A couple of years, you could really win some, you could win some titles. Um... But, uh, what is Major League Baseball if not one yeah, big Ponzi scheme? Yeah. Some would argue sports ownership in general might be a version. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think I love this team. Like, I think there's, like, a real vibe. Like, these guys, like, uh, yeah, like, they're, they're, they're in it. And, like, you know, you don't, as Mets fans, we do not always get that feeling from our ball club. How was it for you as a financial journalist? Like, this is something I've never really talked about. It's, like, what your feelings were. Uh, like when the Mets, this thing that you love becomes the thing that you cover. Because I've never talked to you about it because that's just what my life has been. Yeah, no, it was surreal. So, like, I wasn't really, you know, it was interesting. Like, um, it was fun. Like, it was, essentially, I'm at the post at the time. So that's yeah. also cool because, like, that's like a fantasy camp aspect. Like, I'm going over to, like, the sports section and sitting in the office with those guys. And, you know, we're throwing around names. Hondo. Yeah, we're yeah we're like we're like we're, we're like hey like you know we're just like, like at one point someone threw me a ball in a meeting and I was like this is great you don't get this at a business desk um, uh, it was really cool you know and like uh, but it wasn't the Mets like I wasn't covering you know the goings on I wasn't covering yeah the, I was sort of co- I was getting to know about like how it, I always knew what poor shape the Mets were in but getting a real up close look in those years was kind of jarring I was like oh my god. Um, and uh, yeah and just sort of how the whole deal went and didn't go and then went again and COVID uh, it was really uh, it, I mean it was it was surreal and like you know getting the front end page of the post with like A-Rod as Mr. Met on like I was like here I know yeah the story was basically saying listen I've got three people telling me like he's definitely gonna try to do this that's all the story was um and I got mail, you would have thought I killed someone's dog. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a wild, wild thing to cover. And the way people use the media and stories like that, it was oh, fun yeah. to deal with. Uh, 
But yeah, it was a trip. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, because a story like that where people are playing off each other and playing the media to try to, you know, get their bid. Yeah, that's, I mean, kind of, that's, a, that's an interesting part of it. You try to feel, figure out who's bullshitting you through the whole thing. Yeah, when I, uh, when I covered the first attempt, Cohen's first attempt to buy the team and it fell apart, um, when that was said and done, what I'd written and what I'd heard and what I'd reported... I was actually told my wife, oh my god, the Will, the Will Ponds hold on to this team for a while. It's going to be really weird for me to go out there. Like, I don't know, like, we may have to use your name. Um, but, uh... It's going to be, do not sell tickets to this man. But what was interesting, that, that deal, that deal, um, that deal started in, like, December 2019 and collapsed in early February. It was actually my 40th birthday, and we're going out to dinner with my wife, and Literally having to like uh, hop on a bus because they had Wi-Fi to go like five blocks, and then like just like, trying to get something written, and like being glad it was hitting every red light. Um, but uh, but yeah, and it fell apart that night, and it was a total disaster. And so yeah, so the, so basically the, they turned down two point six million for something that wasn't two point eight million for something that wasn't going to trade at like close to that, you know. So even Cole was willing to give them the farm. They asked for like a crazy amount of concessions. He walks away. They think he's bluffing. He's not. They go crazy. Everyone goes nuts. Um, then, woo! Yeah! All right. All right. The door, the door, man. This is a blow. Another blow. Two runs single. Twenty it's runs in the past two nights now. These are Steve Cohen's New York Mets. Oh, they have. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, that is off of yesterday's Nickelback tweet that they have put on the scoreboard. The Nationals tweeted yesterday, the Mets had a lot of hits, so did Nickelback. And the Mets are now trolling the Nationals and, and I think Using us Nickelback. with Chad Kroger. I think we might have played ourselves here into being pro Nickelback. Um, wow. I will say those songs were hits for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least the one, like the first time you heard it, you you had no idea that Nickelback was going to just do that song for the rest of their lives. But yeah, that's amazing. This is becoming a real uh, rivalry. The Mets and Nationals. The Mets yeah, and yeah. the dog crap last place Washington Nationals. But this is the first year I feel like I've had any sort of like feelings for the Nationals. Even like through the you know. And they were good. I was like, they're the, good, the man. Early 2010s? I, guess, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the Zimmerman. The Zimmerman and Bryce Harper and Strasburg. Yeah. Strasburg is still there, sort of. He hasn't pitched this year. He His arm has fallen off. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw Patrick Corbin get get his tits lit tonight, as they, as they say. Yeah. I think that's a very Paulo Duca phrase. Yeah. Another guy I really liked. Like the cut of his gym, too. Like you get red ass. Yeah, um, I remember being at Shea for that Dodgers day game playoff. Are they, are, I don't, do we even do those anymore? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. For, yeah, oh, yeah, first round, yeah. For TV, yeah. So, uh, Shea, daytime playoff game, Dodgers are in town, Lugas old team. And oh, was, was this the, the, uh, the double out? They sent. I was at that game with my dad, yeah. So I'm the third, yeah. And Laduga just going ape <laughs> shit. On the second tag. Yes! I was on the lowest uh, level with uh, the Daily News seats. Yeah. I remember my buddy who was not a big baseball fan, who was a character, just turned to me and going, wow. 
wow, that was, was like that's the most exciting baseball play I've seen in a long time. Yeah. When that happened, I thought that was their year. Like that was one of those moments where it was like, oh man, that was every playoff game that year. We had season seats to every playoff game, and I will admit that we sat right, right behind, like like a third of the way behind third base, out towards the left field, when. Uh, uh, who hit that ball for the Cardinals and he brought back? The Andy Chavez ball. Was it Rowan? I, I think it was or Rowan. Or was it Yachty? I it was Rowan, wasn't it? sat down in my seat. Like, every man, like I, I, I will go to my grave saying I did. I did, had the instinct every Mets fan had. I sat down with my face in my hands. My, wife, my girlfriend at the time, my wife, watched it. And was hitting me going, what are you doing? He <laughs> caught it. And I was like, what? So I, all I saw was him running back in with the ball. I missed the catch. I assumed it was gone. That was... I was there. Right right, right there. I didn't see it. Just dropped to my seat. Yeah. But it was good practice for a few uh, minutes later. When, <laughs> when it actually did. Carlos watched Spike 3 go back. Well, not only that, but the home run that Yachty did hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all of see. it, all of it, man. Uh, but that was it. They win that game, they win the whole thing. Man. Yeah, pretty much. Where is the fly ball? That team was so much better than that. Was it 2012 team? No, 2013? No, no, wait. 2015? The one that went to the World Series. Yeah. 2015, 2015 is when they went to the World yeah. Series. Like that team a lot. They just it wasn't the same. They weren't that that team was special. That team was That team is up there with the eighty nine Scott Rowland. Eighty eight yeah. team as like the biggest disappointment for me as an answer. Teams I cannot believe didn't get ranked. Yeah. I think the eighty eight like It's like you have 86, and it's like that. 88 would have been the dynasty, like the dynasty maker. Yeah, Ray Knight leaves, everyone gets hurt. Everyone says the hangover of 86 yeah. is just a crush. But 88, they were better. That team was better. I love 86 team. Like they're clearly the best team. Like I love them, but like I, I think on on performance wise, I think that was a more dominant ball. I have a hard time going that far. Alright. Alright. Three, two, one. 86 team won 108 games. Yeah, but I think in terms of just sheer, like, everyone, everyone was in their prime. Yeah. I, Keith was getting past it, and, and Carter was getting past it. The only guy who was sort of not where he was before was Carter. But what you had was Cone, David Cohn emerging as an ace. Yeah. Like, he was coming into his own. And really, like, part of where he kind of, like, the controversy of that year was, was David Cole, like, writing columns in the Daily News. Yeah. And, like, is this is this kid too full of himself? Which goes all the way back. I'm actually reading right now a, a biography of Duke Snyder, like, from 1964. Okay. So, like, he's, he's on the cover of this book in a Mets uniform is when this book came out because he was with the Mets yeah. about to be 
sold to the Giants for the last year of his career, which I had forgotten. Uh, so we're reading this book, and it's, you know, there was a story, like, Saturday Evening Post was even like, Duke Snyder, the Dodgers' problem child. Like, it, it's, nothing is new. Yeah. None of it is new. Yeah. And you get labels put on you. And I think we saw it even, he's in the minor leagues now, he got options in the minor leagues, but Dom Smith, like, that was almost, it almost felt to me like that was bait that was out there for him to see, like, how he would deal with it, like, once. Like, okay, you're not playing. How are you going to deal with this? And he was like, I kind of, I'd like to play somewhere. And I appreciate him for his honesty, but that also gets out the the FAN crowd. It's like, this guy should appreciate the chance that he has. And yeah. I mean, it's also generational. Yeah. It's the thing that, like, you ask these, you know, they're kids now. You ask them what, you know, they're, you know, they're telling you what they really want. Uh, it's yeah. a fascinating thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Juan Soto just oh, got hard. almost all of the baseball, but he just got under and it. he was jammed. And, and he hit the ball extremely hard. And like, it's like, it's emblematic of how good yeah. he is. The, the sound of him hitting a ball shittily is the sound of, like, yeah. somebody else yeah. making good contact. Because, like, we, we both looked up, like, wow. Wow, yeah. He hit that ball hard. Yeah, it's eight nothing. We've we've really done the perfect game for just like doing a podcast here, yeah. and this is this has been a delight. Yeah, man. I hope that this sounds good. Yeah. We saw you write for the newsletter on opening day. We'll see that again. I'll hopefully. do some more. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand I'm, opening is coming. The paywall goes up, but you'll I think you'll be behind the paywall because you're a premium, a premium talent. Premium talent. Premium blend. Well, you'll have. I'm trying to think of something fun to write about again. Six nine. Nice day. The the grand opening. Yeah, you'll have something. All right, we'll work man. that out. We'll spend the rest of this game talking about it. It's been fun. I'm I'm a big fan of this. I like I like what you guys are doing. I mean, it's, it's right. big. It's cool. You're, you guys. You're part of it. Goes to my theory that like, you couldn't do this with the Yankees. Because I just don't think Yankees fans have these kind of thoughts. Well, we will. We will have some Yankees content. Yeah, you'll have some Yankees content. We can do a whole set. Uh, it has to be Mets based. It is. It yeah. The Mets are kind, of, and I think that. There's an emotional depth Mets fans have to have. There is. There's, that Yankees fans don't require. They never and, have. And I've, you know, I've said this before that the Mets and Yankees feed different parts of my soul. Yeah. The Yankees feed the part of my soul that fires up uh, the video game and just wants to, you know, play week one of Tecmo Bowl with Bo Jackson over and over again before the defense catches on. That's fucking fun for me. Yeah. Just run all over the field. That's that's the part of my soul that the Yankees serve, and they have not served it for. Um, most of my adult life. And most of my childhood, too. I've also <laughs> cautioned my friends who aren't from New York, who moved to New York, but who are sort of confused about the Mets-Yankee divide, because it's not like other places. It's not technically... It's not geographical. geographical. It's not I mean, even Queens like, is yeah. Mets, Bronx is Yankees. You have a lot of Yankees fans in Queens. Uh, not as many Mets fans in the Bronx. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. So, like, I always tell people, like, I would I always say, take your, like, favorite famous New Yorkers... And, like, I guarantee you they're probably Mets fans. Like, do we have the better celebrity fans? I'll say this. The, the current administration, the current ownership, not, to my mind, as star fuckery. No, no, no. They like, don't need you couldn't, you couldn't swing a bat in this park when the Wilpons were here without hitting Kevin James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Which is kind of emblematic of the Will Ponds too, because it's Kevin James. I think Cohen's going to bring us a lot more uh, Seinfeld and Broderick content. <laughs> I feel like he's going. It's more of a high touch. We got Chris Rock though. We got like yeah, Chris Rock's been around. Sandler's been around over the years. Yeah, Sandler's a Yankee guy though. I think right, isn't he? I think he uh, might be like me. Yeah, right, he's, he's, he's one of these. Yeah, he's a Jets fan, which I find amazing. That makes yeah. the Jets are a team uh, much like the Mets. Yeah. If you're into comedy, yeah. like if that's your although uh, a comedian that I know is a Yankees fan and he's yeah. he's very funny. I'm actually going to try to do this show with him at a, oh, at a Yankee game. So. Listen yeah, but, for that. Yeah, Mets fans, man. We got it going on. Uh, no, well, like, I'm excited. Like, you know, the, the people that I want to have do Yankees content for us uh, are like our buddy John Shazar, who we both worked with at Dealbreaker. He should be fine. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got the perfect attitude for he, that. Uh, he's different. Like, He also, I think, spends... Uh, John's one of those guys who I'm always shocked to realize how much time he actually spends thinking about baseball. Because he is a capable person. He but, is a uh, museum-attending communist. Who loves baseball. Loves it. Yeah. He and I had... Uh, he and I had Yankees season tickets the last... Incredibly, yeah. ...couple of years of the old stadium. He, he can think very deeply them. about baseball, which I find very... Uh, I love... He is one of those Yankees fans who I can I like listening to talk baseball. Because yeah. often Yankees fans will be like, oh, I want that guy. Uh, but John is definitely someone who has a deeper. John deal. and I also uh, once tried to buy the Montreal. Yes, Expos that is together. also a so great. Uh, we will get to that another time because we. That's a podcast unto itself. It is. Well, well, we'll get John and my buddy Sub Stockman, who's also going to be part of this somehow for the Flushing Review, which we'll get into. Look, look at the website because it's coming. Bulletpen.com. I'm Jesse Spector. I just hit my microphone because I'm an amateur at this, but I will get better. Uh, it's the first time with this lavalier microphone for me. They I don't have lapel. Thornton they, does. They sound great. Thornton, thank you for being part of this. Thanks for, thanks for having me. This has been fun, man. All right. Enjoy the rest of the game, and uh, see you next time.